Hey y'all, welcome back to Refined in the Fire, Come Out Like Gold. My name is Blessed, or Blessed Kenya. Um, I just want to remind you to share this episode, to share with your friends, with your families, with your loved ones, the unlikeliest person that you think would never listen. Share it on your social media. To hear from the heart of God, as some of you are new listeners, welcome, welcome. If you are old listener, welcome back. As I share the things from the heart of God, things that God shares with me, God gives me a lot of revelations, a lot of tidbits, a lot of insight on how things work in the earth, how uh, people are, the heart of things, and all that. (laughs) So this is where I just share what God puts on my heart to share with all of us, because in life, things get hot, you know, things, things get troublesome things are heavy and how do we deal with it so today's episode we're talking about indifferences so first of all what does indifference mean and everyone uh, that is listening or has been listening knows that you will learn the root of a word it is so important to learn the root meaning of a word instead of just like speaking words because if our words have power then we should know what we're actually speaking the meaning of that thing just like our names right Just a little side note, our names have special meaning. So when you call that person's name, you're calling the meaning of that name. Same thing with a word. When you speak a word, you're speaking the meaning of that word. So indifference, this is something the Lord has put on my heart just to share with everyone. So indifference is a lack of interest, a lack of concern or lack of sympathy or unimportance, right? The opposite of indifference means to to take heed, to listen and to care. So, for example, the easiest way to say it is in an argument with lovers, there can be a lack of contending. And that is a key component to the beginnings of a failing relationship. And I'm sure we've experienced it or have seen it in our lives. In other words, if your words, your actions, and the things that you're doing to make sure that you're trustworthy is not a daily pursuit in that relationship, but you're just showing up. Jesus said you're an empty tomb. Meaning, let's say, and and I don't mean lovers, I mean relationship. When it comes to relationship, um, it could be parent-child, child-parent, it could be co-workers, it could be your next-door neighbor. You have a relationship with your neighbor that you've lived next to for many years, you say hi, you know, you talk about life. It can be uh, your roommate, It can be your actual lover, someone you're dating, or your husband or wife. It can be the person that you see at the supermarket all the time and, you know, you guys talk. It can be the person you work out with. Those are the relationships that we have in life. And sometimes those relationships are hard to navigate because (laughs) the hardest thing to navigate on this earth is human relationships. And just a quick another side note, um, you can look on Amazon. I have a book called five tools for everyday relationships by blessed kenya you can find it on amazon um and it's just a it's a daily uh journal and workbook just to help us to overcome the things that we find hard in um relationships that we don't know how to succeed that we don't know how to accomplish that we don't know how to stand on or just put you know to resolve pretty much so once again Um, five tools for everyday relationship on Amazon. That's my book. 
that I wrote. Um, you can check it out and uh, let me know what you think. So back to the relationships. So now that we know that relationships does not just mean, you know, uh, lovers, because when people say relationship, they think, oh, lovers, anything. We have relationships even with ourselves. We have a relationship. We have a relationship with God. We have a relationship Every day we're in some form of relationships, even those who are hermit crabs and they're online all day. Well, they have relationships with those who they are communicating with. And people say that, oh, I know how to communicate. <laughs> I talk a lot. I remember someone saying one time, I, I talk a lot. I know how to communicate. No, sweetheart. You just use a lot of words, a lot of empty and personal words. And everything is surface and vague, but there's no real transparency. When it comes to community, Sometimes our opacity is too thick. We're not really opening up our heart. We're not really pulling up the shade or moving the blinds over so you we so the person can see inside. You know, we're talking to you through the gate. <laughs> we're talking to you through the blinds. We 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 peek it open a little bit and then we we think because we're throwing out a lot of words that that's communication. But that's not communication. That's uh it's surface. And then we have to ask ourselves, why am I being surface with this person that I'm in a relationship with, depending on the, the depth of the relationship? Because, of course, you don't share everything with everyone. But when it comes to the intimate, the inner circle relationships of our lives, we should never be um, non-transparent or vague or surface level. Because when you're indifferent, you lack a fight because you lack care. Sometimes certain relationships in life shifts. You know, some people say, oh, people don't change. We change all the all day, every day we're growing. Whether we're growing older, we're growing stronger, we're growing wiser, we're growing weaker, we're growing something. We are changing all the time. So please refute that statement whenever people say, oh, people don't change. We are changing every day. The way God has made our bodies, we're changing. I think, uh, I can't remember, my coach, Coach Rochelle T. Parks, says, I think the body replaces like 1.3 something million cells every I think it's like every minute or every something like that please google it because I can't remember the stats but millions of cells are being replaced every day probably billions by the end of our 24 hours so to say oh I don't change I can't change you are changing as you know it in your own body and if a close family member said to me let's say for example oh your cooking's bad. What? Excuse me. Uh, yes, and I'm popping my neck because I'll contend with them. I may even involve others that know me because I know with certainty that is not true. That is a lie. And the person possibly is projecting something or maybe there's a particular time that one time that, you know, I burnt the chicken or that one time that I over seasoned or, you know, too much salt or whatever it may be. Yet, if a person in the street said to me, hey, your cooking's terrible. Okay, sir, ma'am, bye. <laughs> because it, it, I wouldn't be wrong, like, just dismissing them because I don't even know you. You don't know me. And I don't care what you said because we have no relationship with one another. We tend to fight for what we love in our hearts. But indifferences show our hearts or a part of it has grown cold or hard. And the Lord has shown me when it comes to a cold or hard heart, uh, again, <laughs> um, I have a YouTube channel 
um, you can look it up. It is uh, Blessed Kenya Kinetics. Or you can look up Kenya Kinetics, Blessed Kenya, um, or Kinetics Crown and Body Wellness. I have two, one for recipes and one that I share. And in the one that I share things with, the I did something about a cold heart. I believe it's called a cold heart, where the Lord showed me when someone has a cold or hard heart. Let's start with a hardened heart. How does a heart get hard? Well, he showed me that, let's say calluses. So I'm a chef and I have a callus on my right hand, on my index finger. Why? Because I've been holding the chef knife for uh, probably almost 20 years by now, almost. And as the chef knife rubs up against my hand, it's formed a callus. Those who work out, sometimes they wear the cutoff gloves because as you continue to hold the weights, it will form a callus. Anything that you continually rub up against, construction workers or anyone, if you continually rub up against that thing, it forms a callus. Did you know that boxers have uh, on their bones, um, on their knuckle bones, they have calluses on the bone. Ossification is called calcification on the bones. And if I'm wrong, please forgive me. Uh, Because their bones have taken such uh, hits, uh, so much hitting, that their bones actually form a covering over itself to harden, to protect the bone. So when something has a callus, has formed a callus, what it's really doing is protecting what's underneath it. So as the Lord tells us something, or sometimes God may tell us to do something, he may say something simple like, today, I want you to spend 10 minutes with me before you go to work. Or when you come home today, I want you to clean up the bathroom real quick before you just, you know, change your clothes and watch your show. He may say, I want you to wash your hair today. He may say, I want you to go to the discount store and buy a gift for your neighbor. He may say, I want you to wash your car today. He may say, when you're past that security guard, when you go to work, that when you see every day, tell them, tell him I love him. Tell her Jesus loves you. He may say something simple because sometimes we look at the things of God is so hard and he may say something simple. And as he says that simple thing, we're like, eh. <laughs> in our heart, we're like, eh. as soon as in our heart, as soon as we say, eh, and we turn away, we've rubbed up against that thing. Imagine a pole next to you and you kind of turn your back on the pole. You're rubbing up against it. But imagine doing that over and over and over and over and not realizing that you're doing that. You have formed now a callus on your heart and the root of it honestly beloves is pride the root of it is self the root of it is not being compliant to what god is saying so now you've formed a callus that callus can grow so much that the hardened heart has now become cold cold why because it's like a stone now a stony heart so that's how people can get a hard or a cold heart And then when we, our hearts are cold or hard, or we have calluses on it, not the whole heart, but maybe we have spots that we haven't, you know, submitted to God and let him exfoliate us and, and let, you know, uh, worship and praise and the word of God to exfoliate us and, you know, slough us out and release those things. And when we're not pliable, we're not able to, he's not able to work with us. And in relationships, when we're not pliable, People can't work with us. And I'm sure that you've known that person, that coworker, who you're like, oh, ooh, they are hard to work with. You know, when, when you think about having to work with that coworker, you just tighten up because you're like, man, 
they're hard to work with. Why? Because their heart has grown cold. Their heart has grown hard. And that work relationship that you have, it has a little bit of a strain on it. You don't feel completely joyful. Maybe that person's in your family. Maybe they're an old friend or a current friend. Maybe they're your neighbor. Maybe they're a person that you know that when you think about them, you're like, man, they are not easy to work with. So these are the things in relationships that happen. So Plato, everybody knows Plato. We should know Plato. I love the fresh smell. When you pop open a can of Plato, I sniff it. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I just love the smell of fresh Play-Doh. And it smells so good to me. And, and I immediately pop it in my hands and I start squeezing and I start prodding and, you know, molding it without effort. As I'm thinking, what am I, what am I going to make? I just start squeezing it. And sometimes that's our heart. You know, our heart should be pliable like that. Um, it has a good aroma. It's easily moldable. When we come around, people just smile. When they, they, they know we're coming, they just smile. Oh, I love, I love Bless. I love Ken. You know, I love him. I love her. Well, you know, you gave me the best hugs. I, I get happy when, you, when you're around. You know, I love when you come over. I love when I see you. I love when I have to work with you. I, I love when I, you know, run into you at the supermarket or the gas, whatever it is. Because you have a good aroma and you're pliable, you're moldable. Someone could say something to you and you don't take offense to it. You know, you, you just, you go back and you submit it to God and you're like, okay, God, you know, and you, you're allowing God and the person to help you. But when that Play-Doh is out and everyone hopefully has <laughs> known what that's like, and when it's uncovered, when it's even mixed with other things, the first scent is gone and it's rock hard. It's not the same. And that sometimes is our heart. It becomes, um... When we're non-compliant, our heart becomes hard. It's not easily moldable anymore. And we have certain spots of calluses on our heart that we have yet to submit to God. And not even to God, but in relationship with one another. So the Lord showed me an example. There was someone that I know very close to me that I was being indifferent towards. And I would just have like a whatever, shrug my shoulders. I don't care. Non-empathetic concern about what they were saying because their speech had always tended to be about themselves and over the years um, the person didn't really show interest in me or even what I would speak about they would always turn it back on themselves it was always about them you know or they would project things you know in defense or the conversation was shut down or whatever it was and Yet at the time, I would still contend. I would still, you know, fight. I would still um, try to make the relationship work. And I remember one time another uh, person said, why are you even doing that? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Just say, you know, whatever, shrug your shoulders and just leave it alone because you know that it's going to lead to nowhere or an argument or hurt feelings. And they're not going to listen to you anyway. And that other person had already glazed over their heart. They were being indifferent and trying to get me to be indifferent with them. They were probably hurt by the same person. And they didn't want me to get hurt. And I understand the gist of it. And I understand why they were saying that, you know, so that I can protect my heart. But that's not something that God wanted me to do. 
he didn't want me to adapt that way. And I remember one time I even, you know, I, I did become indifferent and I shared it. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know. And they, the person got excited, like, yeah, now you're getting it. <laughs> but no, empathy, I no empathy, I believe, is a, is a cold heart. And like I said, I, I felt the father saying to me, don't, don't be that way. Because why? That doesn't reflect him. He's not that way towards us. So don't be like that towards others. And while there were some things that I was still kind of indifferent about with that close person, because some things that they just said was just honestly, was just irrelevant. <laughs> it was just irrelevant. So it's like, it doesn't even make sense to address that, you know, pick and choose your battles, learn to pick and choose your battles. But what is relevant is what I can contend with and show my care and my concern towards that person. Because sometimes people just hear correction coming at them or they think it's coming against them. And that's pride and that's hurt ears and hurt souls and many other filters that factors how people react towards you to indifferent towards you to make you indifferent towards them one thing that we're not supposed to do don't ever feed off someone's energy don't ever you know that i'm sure you've heard that oh i'm gonna match that energy don't be better than that don't ever match someone's energy because you don't know the root of what they're doing the root of where their energy came from or even if they seemingly look like they have the you know i'm for you maybe the root of it is not for you always be better so when someone is stops contending with you, they stop communicating with you, they become surface and vague and non-transparent, not willing to compromise, or basically the biggest thing of all is to start to lack intimacy or affection. The relationship has already been compromised. I was sharing with a client of mine the other day that um, they were going through, unfortunately, a breakup. And I said to to him, um, when it comes to women, I don't know about men, but uh, when it comes to women, I said, we mentally, we leave before we physically leave. And he was like, huh? (laughs) And kind of looked at me and I was like, yeah, because the relationship had already been compromised. She was already acting indifferent towards him in little ways. And I, and when it comes to people who have broken up, I say, uh, you know, like, check, like, think. Where were there times of indifference? Where were there times that it just, like, eh, shrugging shoulders and all that stuff? Because it's already been compromised mentally. And when it comes to our mental, as children of God, those of us who are in a relationship with God, sometimes we, and many of us, that one thing that God has been showing me, have become really indifferent, have become indifferent. Some of us have just become church goers. Some of us become ritual makers, never really caring or asking God, who is a living being? How do you feel about this, God? What do you think about this, God? We're not being intimate with him anymore. We're not being transparent anymore with him. It's like going to bed with your lover. You're fully dressed. You have a long sleeve shirt. You have long pants or skirt. Your hair is pulled back if you have hair. You have an old baseball cap on if you have your guy. You have bland body language, a stone face. You just walk in. You never say, how was your day or your evening? Did you like the dinner? And forgetting to say even good night. The lover 
is not showing interest in putting in work. Don't, when the relationship is one-sided, clearly there's indifference in the relationship. Once we stop putting in effort and work with God, we definitely start to grow indifferent. It's a daily thing. There's a work to put in, but some would rather put the work in their spouses. And I'm talking about God now. Some would rather put the work in other relationships. Some would rather put the work in friendships, in children and their children, in other places or the or any other attention that can be taken away because we believe ah God will do it automatically eh, God will automatically you know I love the Lord and you know I go to church and yeah you know I talk to him sometimes and sometimes I read my words sometimes but you know God will do it he's automatic why because he's God <laughs> many people I hear say they want to be in a relationship or they say that they are in a relationship with God, but they fail to put in the daily work. Yet these same people want to be married. So for those, that's what I'm talking about, those who wants to be married. You cannot say you want to be married, but you still lack in your relationship with God. You still lack talking to him every day. You still lack putting in that effort. A relationship, remember, is a two-way street. He will always do. God will always do for you, beloved. He'll always make sure you're taken care of. He will always love you. He thinks about you. The thoughts that he has towards you are more than the grains of sand. That's Psalm Psalm 139. Read that and see how much God cares about you. Jeremiah 29, 11, His thoughts for you are good. He has good plans for you, not to harm you, not, not, to, not, not for evil, but to give you a future, a hope, an expected end. Hope also means expected end. God thinks good things. God will always give to you. But are you giving to him? Don't let the relationship be one-sided because he adores you. Your name is inscribed on the inseam of his arm. He thinks so wonderfully about you. So don't ever feel condemned. It says in Romans uh, 8, I believe, Therefore, there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't ever feel like, oh, God is not happy with me. No, he loves you. But are you putting in the work? Are you putting in? And he's not looking for the caliber that that he's given to you. He's just looking for what you can offer to him. What's your sacrifice? Did you say thank you? Did you say another day, another moment? What did you do yesterday that you didn't say sorry for or sorry about or to somebody? So that's the things that we can do with our relationship to God, you know? So when God makes a request of us, his lover, because it says in 1 John 3, 1, what love the Lord has lavished upon me that I may be called a child of God and that I am. Therefore, the world does not know me because they don't know him. So you, beloved, are called a child of God if you know him. And you are his lover. So when he says to you and makes a request and says, "Uh, hey, lover, come, let's talk. And you say, um, another time, I'm tired. You know, you're on, you're on your way, I'm on my way to bed. I'm, oh, I'll talk to you as I'm laying down. It don't happen because you know we fall asleep. I'm, I'm going to read my way before I go to bed. We crack it open and it's snoozeville. When God says excitedly to his lover, to you, to me, come, let's talk, talk to me. How was your heart? Remember yesterday when that coworker, when that person made that comment against you, when it threw you under the bus, how's your heart? How are you feeling? Talk to me excited 
because now it's quality time with him and his lover, him and his child. And the lover says, oh, yeah, it bothered me. As God listens intently, but they say, um, I'll get over it. (laughs) The lover started to pull back the curtain of their heart, then shut it tightly and shut God out. They started to open up the blinds and then he's like, nah. Many Christians today have that problem. A lazy, lackadaisical, lackluster, no vision, dead relationship where they coexist with heaven but are not actively living. Put in effort for events and places and other people and leave God for last or not at all. I call it the, the cane offering. <laughs> we, don't, we don't give God our best anymore. We used to. The Lord says, return to me. Return to your first love in, in Revelations. Return to your first love. Those who are dating God, they see him once a week. They have the most wonderful time on the date with God. Then they never call or they text or chat with God again. They ghost him. But next Sunday, they're there like nothing ever happened and like everything's all good. Oh, well, God, what's up? What's good? Yo, homie, love you. <laughs> but it's like you're dating God. But what kind of relationship is this where, you, where Monday through Saturday, you didn't even talk to him? But then Sunday, you're going to act like it's all good. Beloves, it's time for us to start working on our relationship with God and making an effort for talking and engaging and finding interest in him. Do you know that God has interests and his interest is you? Yes, you. Open your heart more. Trust him more and dare to be intimate again or first with your emotions. Start with God. Thank you. Thank you for another day. Just start with Thanksgiving. Because it says in the Message Bible, um, Psalm 100, I believe, uh, I'll put it in the description box, in in the Message version, that the secret password is thank you. The secret password is thank you. It opens up doors. So start with thanks. When you go from thanks, start with praise. God, I praise you. And to praise someone is to adore someone, to, to ascribe worth to them. Because you're good and you're, and just go down the list. Think of every little thing that you can do to give God praise and thanks for. Think about last year and compared to this year. Think about two years ago. And if this year is not a good year, thank him for what's coming next year. Thank him for the times that you went to uh, your favorite coffee place and they had your coffee and they had your donut. Thank him for the time that you had that, you know, you know, I don't know, that coupon or the gas. So just thank him. Think of things. When you came home, dinner was ready or you didn't, you know, you ordered and the delivery person came quick. There's so many things to thank God for. Make a list and categorize it. Talk about yourself. Talk about your family. If you have children, talk about children. Talk about your job. Talk about your health. Talk about your mind. Talk about uh, where you've been, what you have and all these things. These are so many things to thank God for. You can categorize it. So when it comes to relationship with God, and I'll leave you with this, when it comes to our relationship with God, the father, when it comes to our relationships with people, fix it or leave it. Put in the work to fix the relationship. But if you are not going to put in the work to fix the relationship, please, beloved, do not hold other people hostage. 
I found that in many relationships, people are being held hostage in a sense because like (laughs) the other person wants to go, but they feel guilty and either fix it, deal with it, talk about it, be open or leave it. And I know that there are some relationships you can't leave. There's some family members we can't leave, but you can surely set up boundaries and borders. There's some work relationships that you can't get away from, but you can surely set up boundaries and borders. There's some people that you can't get away from. I mean, okay, let's husbands and wives, you know, if you're having issues in that, then I suggest, you know, seek counsel and seek God who is the best counselor. Holy Spirit is the best counselor. And if it's one sided, seek him. It's okay. Open up your heart and engage and allow the Lord to talk to you back. So fix it or leave it because God said in his word, if you are lukewarm, I will spit you out. I will spit you out. And that's talking about the relationship. He said either be hot or be cold, but don't be lukewarm. Don't be half stepping me, God is saying. Don't don't see me on a Sunday and you don't talk to me six days out the week. You don't talk to me four days out the week. You only talk to me on a Wednesday Bible study or a Sunday or a don't half step me. Why? Don't give me half your heart. Why? Because God gave you all of him, beloved, all. He gave you his son and he had his son die for you. Yes, you. So that you can live and have everlasting life. So that you can live and and not have to do the things that they did in the Old Testament. That you can just say, open up your lips and humble your heart and say, God, forgive me. I was wrong. Even if you don't know what you did wrong, Lord, forgive me for the things I didn't even know I did. I'm sorry. Lord, test me. Show me my heart. Weigh my heart. Test me. Know my anxieties. Let me walk in a way everlasting and true. Beloved, it's never too late to turn and to ask God to warm your heart. To ask God to break apart the stony pieces. It also says... That he'll take out the stony heart and put a heart of flesh in our flesh. That means a warm heart. Flesh is soft and warm, right? It's pliable. So it's never too late. So either fix it or leave it. Beloves, that's all I have for you today. Until next time, blessings. Bye.